to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Masonia Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear the stories of female food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Hey, Sarah, I want to talk to you about your ice cream week you had this week. Ooh, it was big. Real big. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, we took over the OSU um, downtown center. It's on the second floor of the Myron Frank building. I didn't even know they had a center there. Has that been there for a long time? It's uh, just opened, I think, in the last 12 months. Oh, cool. I don't know the exact timing, but it's very new. Yeah. And we have a really beautiful 90-seat classroom there, and it has two big screens and all the audiovisual stuff. And so we brought in our team of people, and we had about 60 participants. That's awesome. And we talked all about everything ice cream in particular, strawberry ice cream. So are the people that attend this kind of thing, are they people that maybe want to get into the ice cream biz, or are they just like... Well, yeah, so this conference is meant to be an annual event. So this was our second annual, and Mm -hmm. we're already planning for our third, which will be again next fall uh, in November of 2020. Same sort of week, like the first week in November, Tuesday and Wednesday. And we bring in industry experts from all around the nation. And it was interesting because we actually had industry experts sign up to come to our ice cream conference. That's cool. Yeah, so we had probably about half of the people there were all industry people that are making ice cream here in Oregon or Mm -hmm. want to be making ice cream. And then the other half were people who are actively working in the industry, like all around the U.S., I mean, you ha- you're you kind of an ice cream gal, right? I love ice cream. <laughs> it's like chocolate. Chocolate and ice cream are really interesting to me because mm-hmm. they're two sort of things that are liquid and solid, and um, ice cream takes it up a notch because it's frozen as yeah. well. Ice cream is really the only thing that's sold frozen and is meant to be eaten frozen. Yeah. So it just that's makes true. it kind of special yeah and you have helped a lot of ice cream businesses yes with their i have stuff right mm-hmm. so are you part of organizing this ice cream event did you start yeah it that was <clears throat> that was me cool yep i like to come up with big ideas but enough about me <laughs> <clears throat> i just wanted uh, everyone to know what an ice cream goddess you are uh, that's all <laughs> uh, i try to be you know i try to put my my two cents in there on the yeah. ice cream. Cool. So you started celebrating something very special. Oh uh, yeah, yesterday. It's my this is my birthday week. It's so your every birthday <laughs> week. So do you? When does your birthday week start? Actually, 
I think it kind of started on Monday. Okay. And then, because that's the thing, you know, now if you post something about your birthday, then everybody thinks it's like that day. Right. So I said, you know, I was doing something with my mom or whatever, because it's like whenever you can fit things in. Um, but so I've been, I've been celebrating a little bit every day. We have big conversations at our house, actually. Is it birthday week? Yeah. When does the birthday week start? Does it start the week? the week of and then through the birthday or does it go beyond and then so finally I'm just like birthday month yeah so what I was gonna say when I was younger I think birthday I did birthday month, month where yeah. I was like I can do anything because it's my birthday so I would celebrate everywhere with everybody yes now my daughter's birthday is really close to mine oh, and when so, is her birthday? Her, so, her, so mine's the 9th mine's on Saturday and mm-hmm. hers is the 11th oh. so now it becomes like mine has a clear ending so I kind of have to start early because then it becomes all about her yeah, yeah. so she'll have a birthday week yeah She'll have she'll have a birthday That's, week. Monday is a day off. Yes. Are no you going to do family fun day for her birthday? Yeah, I think we are. That she sounds fun. She's not listening, so this won't be a secret, <gasps> but we got her roller skates for her birthday, Ooh. and so then I want to take her roller You're skating. You're going to go to Oaks Park? I think, I don't know if Oaks Park is open, but we're right by the Mount Scott Community Center, and they have a little roller rink that's open on Monday, so. Oh, also just let me know if you ever want to take her to Rose City Rollers. Oh, that's such a good idea. Because she's never been. You you remember Catherine, she was at my house that day you came to visit yeah. when I was sick. Mm-hmm. She is like their manager. Whoa, let's do it. That I think we fun. should go. It would be cool for her to see all those like rad ladies doing cool stuff. She'd be <laughs> no. into it. She's very like intense. So she, yeah, I think, I'm sure she'd she love it. She would love it. She'd run into everybody and be super stoked. We got to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a date. Okay. Um, let's move into some food news. So we got some updates from a past guest about Ooh. the Good Food Awards nomination. So oh. they we've talked about Good Food Awards before, but they announced to the, um, it's not the winners yet, but the people that finalists. are the finalists. Yes. And so um, the Good Food Awards is a national competition. They uh, recognize businesses for using responsibly sourced ingredients. So there were over 20 Oregon businesses that were nominated, which is really cool. But our past guest from Be Good Bars yes. got nominated for her peanut ginger bar that we tried on the show. So that's, that's pretty cool. Amazing. She messaged me right away and was like, this is food news. Oh, <laughs> she was on it. Yeah. So that's super cool. Congratulations. We're super proud of you. We Judy, hope you Judy, Judy. win that medal. That's great. <laughs> super <laughs> exciting. If you're a food entrepreneur or any of a press release or any food news for us to announce please submit those to us you can either do it through instagram we now have an instagram account missonian marshall Mm -hmm. and a twitter which is missonian marsh so you guys can find us there Um, you can let us know about any food news you have and we'll help spread the word so speaking of locally owned food businesses, we are joined in the studio today with Janine Mills from Smashed Boozy Jams. Woo-hoo. Go, Janine. <laughs> Hi, Janine. Hi. You guys She's can't see it, but she did a here. really cute little dance just now. <laughs> she would have done a happy dance if she was on her feet. I would have. I know sometimes these microphones were tagged in. We can't get too, yeah. too into it. Well, Janine, welcome. We're so glad that you're here today. Um, so our listeners can follow you along. What's your, any social media handles you want to mention? How can people find you? You can find us on Instagram at Smashed Boozy Jams. Cool. And so you started Smashed Boozy Jams. In, and do you, just, do you just call it Smashed or do you, do you go the full name, whole shebang, Smashed yeah. Boozy Jams? I've shortened it. Okay. I only go by Smashed anymore. Because like the whole, you know, you get Are it Are all of your jams boozy? 
All of them. Every, every single, single one, one is mm-hmm. boozy. But they are non-alcoholic, so everybody can have well, them. Well, because the alcohol cooks off. Yeah. But it leaves the flavor. It sure does. Traps in the fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What started your jam journey? Well, it's kind of funny, actually. Um, I owned a wedding and event planning company, and the jam company was actually supposed to be a retirement plan. Oh. <laughs> I know. I was a little ahead of myself. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so when you plan weddings, your winters are a little bit slower. And then just one year, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And my husband's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Everybody loves jam. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. And I did it. And so it was kind of by accident, really. Yeah. Um, I, to be completely honest, I just jumped off the diving board. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> And when was that? When That's did you start? Way. 2015. Cool. And any um, regrets for no, jumping absolutely. off that diving board? Absolutely. <laughs> I, she jumped um, into a pool of jam. I did. I, did, I totally did. What flavor? <laughs> exactly. That was part of it. Like, well, where in the heck do you even start with this? Yeah. Like, you know, just the rules and even just like the new little nuances that go into having like a food business. That yeah. You're like, why do you have to have that? Like, even just down to your labels, how they have to be super, super specific. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. And so, yeah. in hindsight, I'm yeah, glad that rules. I... Lots of rules. Yeah, but you know them all now. Now. I always say, <laughs> people learn them as they need yeah. to know them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all good. It's always a process yeah. of figuring things out. Yeah. So, what made you decide to do boozy jams? What's the alcohol bring to the party? Um, it brings a lot to the party. I think because we live in Portland, we have an abundance of fruit at our fingertips we have a lot of really great local distillers wineries breweries and so it's just kind of a way to really capitalize on all of those really great things and put Mm -hmm. them in a jar yeah that's so cool so how do you keep your employees from drinking the alcohol (laughs) it's a big problem in industry i mean that's one reason why folks don't put alcohol into stuff because the night crew sometimes you know pulls the bottle and has a party (laughs) Well, I've, I've actually been of that. It's a I huge problem. I haven't either. I've actually gotten lucky in that department because I was the one who was making the product, and then we moved to co-packing, so oh, it was very managed. specific, yeah, into what the recipe was. Oh, so somebody's making all your jams for you now? Um, they were, oh. and now we're switching gears to where I'm going to have to do it again myself. What? Because you're. I heard from you earlier this year that you're starting your own processing facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got some funding, crowdfunding. Yeah, or? Well, I, we did obtain some crowdfunding. Um, we are also securing other private investments at the moment. Nice. Um, just because when it comes to this like mid-range co-packing, it's just not really available between yeah. the state of Washington and the state of Oregon. It's a tough thing mm-hmm. it's super super tough and so i've had a lot of people come to me and like we need what you're doing and so it's kind of sort of blossoming yeah it's been interesting and is that cool. the um so i was checking out your website and i saw a mention of the gather community kitchen so that's what you're building mm-hmm. okay so tell us your dream for the gather community kitchen Ooh. what do you want with that it's huge it's quite big some people think that i might be a little too ambitious but then other people are like yeah don't listen to those yeah, people. i know do your thing girl forget <laughs> them <laughs> they don't know they have no idea they're afraid <laughs> so the idea behind it is it's kind of like a co-working space for startup um, and scaling food and beverage businesses so there's going to be a commercial kitchen that's available for testing and like you know just getting your prototypes down and even just if you want to manufacture your product in the kitchen you mm-hmm. can do that mm-hmm. um, then there's on the other side there's going to be smaller scale co-packing available um, that's nice. 2,000 units or fewer oh. per production run 
um, just because there was recently a survey done by the ODA and about 60% of people, that's what they need mm-hmm. is 2,000 units of fewer. And that's what I need per yeah. run. So yeah. um, <clears throat> that's something that we would really like to capitalize for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's kind of a little bit bigger than that, too. There's a huge community element of like employing um young adults that are aging out of the foster care system. So providing like training and support to them just because it's a huge thing. Um, Because once you turn 17 and a half, you're kind of on your own. mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you're an adult. Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of a way to kind of bridge that gap a little bit and provide different opportunities that they didn't necessarily know that's available to them. That's cool. Um, And so also with the kitchen and the co-packing, it'll go back into our mission for Smashed as well. And we will be giving a percentage of all of our revenue um, back to nonprofits that directly impact the foster care system. And that brings us to um, kind of your mission of Boozy Jams, which is, you know, we like to have guests on the show that have that are doing meaningful work. And we really like what you're doing and and where you're going with it. So um, with your company, you um, chose a benefactor and it is foster care, which we don't see often. We see a lot of um, urban gleaners, you know, food bank, things like that. What made you choose foster care as your recipient? Um, Well, the core of it is, so I was a foster kid. Okay. Um, and I didn't enter the system until later. Mm-hmm. I was 13. My sister was three. Um, and, like, just growing up in the system, you're kind of, like, told how you're going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, that you're going to be told how you're going to be, how yeah. you're going to grow up. It's going to be the same. So I am literally nothing like I was told I was ever going to be. So it's kind of a an opportunity to really show foster yeah. kids that, like, yo, you don't have to be what you're told that you're going to be. Yeah, you can be anything you want to be. There's some data on the number of foster kids that are out there. Does anyone know the numbers in the U.S.? It's extremely high. Um, And I'm also a CASA um, in Clark County. So I'm a court-appointed advocate for foster care kids in, like, court proceedings. So I... I'm in it all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. We, um, I used to be a social worker, so we worked with CASA a lot and foster kids. And I, I mean, some of my favorite people that I've ever met in my life were foster kids, but then also people that decide to become foster parents. And a lot of times it's people like me that don't want to do the work anymore, but they still want to provide Give for back. yeah for kids. Yeah. And so I love seeing that process. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does sometimes. And so there's really wonderful people out there. And yeah. CASA is a great organization. I'm so glad that you volunteer for them. That's really awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot. So yeah. So it kind of brings everybody. It's a full circle. For yeah. You. you know, I think that I, the way that I feel about it is my table's really big. I've got a lot of seats. Yeah. I might as well fill them. So bring That's everybody really awesome. to the table. That's very cool. powerful. And how do you choose where the donations go for, like, do they go to certain programs or how do you make those kinds of decisions? Um, it's They're primarily nonprofits that directly impact the lives of foster care kids. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not going back to the government. These are like people doing the hard work mm-hmm. to help these kids. Mm-hmm. So if that means that they are, you know, the people in the offices of the, of the DHS, mm-hmm. you know, that are kind of entertaining these children, it goes to them. It goes to the people that are filling up the backpacks, you know, for school supplies or the Christmas trees and just all of these things. So it's very, it's very direct to the child, not necessarily a huge entity. It would be cool if foster kids had their own suitcase. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be cool if we could do something about that. 
Yeah, we should. We should. Um, we were talking about Christmas Instead of earlier. Just pack backpacks. I think suitcases sort of take it up a notch and yeah. give you a little bit of security. Yeah, because yeah. well, you know you the can kids put your do, they stuff in there. They'll right? move around yours. so much, and they just move around with garbage bags. Like they don't have yeah, suitcases, and so they'll show up to a new placement or a program with just like all of their belongings in garbage bags. It's and like, you know what? I've dealt with food companies that put their food in garbage bags, mm-hmm. and one of the things I've had to tell them is garbage bags are for garbage. Yeah, they're not for food, and they're not for people's stuff. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. We should um, do a little fundraiser Ooh, with our, our radio show. Let's try see and see what we can suitcases. do. So I was talking about, we were talking about Christmas time earlier, and I said that I love Christmas. And one of the reasons that for that is because when I worked with kids that were in care, Christmas time was often really terrible. It was the worst time because they're separated from their families or or have no contact with their family at all. And so it's sad, you know, it's a sad time. So it was my job to be like the Christmas hype man so that I could have them have like a really enjoyable time. So it ha- even if I, it, it really maybe wasn't my thing so long ago, but it became my thing. So mm. I'd be like, we're going to have Christmas magic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I still do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love your mission, Janine, and I'm so Thank glad you. you're doing it. So it's super awesome. I do want to talk about the actual jam, and we want to try it. <laughs> yeah, we got a jam on the so, jam. So, um, <laughs> Janine has super cool flavors. I have one in my hand, and it's so beautiful. So this it is, is um, you can't see it, but I will describe how wonderfully beautiful <laughs> it is. But so I have a raspberry rose moscato, mm-hmm. and mm. it's like this beautiful garnet color. It's so nice. And she has these. It looks like a what, jewel. What? Yeah, it's um, very pretty. This is hexagon. Is that right? Yes, it's shaped a hexagon-shaped jar. jar with a craft paper label. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Those will be changing oh, next year a little bit. To, yeah. What I, are you going to change? You know, can't really disclose you don't it too say much. Yet. It will change pretty significantly just because of a couple flavors that we have. Mm. Kind of blend into that craft paper color oh. and so it gets a little bit lost a little mm-hmm. bit okay. um so it's going to be a little little poppier i'd gonna say keep the jar shape though the jar shape will be the same just because i think it's super fun and mm-hmm. you can't i mean most jam jars are round and boring yeah. and well, it makes it they're round because they're easier to fill in manufacturing mm-hmm. label. so if you want to get a fancy jar you have to find someone that can actually fill that jar so we I always say hey make sure if you're going to have somebody make stuff for you that they can actually fill that fancy jar you're mm-hmm. loving on yeah, yeah, I yeah. Have, the feeling's good. It's always the labeling that I always yeah. get pushed back on, like because it's oh. all hand labeled. Okay, yeah. so, so do you place the labels yourself, or is the co-packer doing? The it? co-packer does that. They're too. doing it, but it's an definitely pretty soon. It's going to be back to you. It's going to be back to me. <laughs> yeah. And you can get a lot of people putting labels on. That's a good. Oh, yeah, good and it's fun. It gives a lot of yeah. people, yeah. yeah, jobs. All right, hey Sarah, can I, can oh, I yeah, get spin. one of those spoons? I'm gonna try it, and I'll give it to Sarah to try too. Okay. We're gonna try oh yeah, the we're gonna try. Yeah, we're gonna try the raspberry. But do you have other ones for us to try yeah. too? You I have like okay. four other you flavors that you want. Pull okay. them out. Let us know what you have, and we'll talk about them. What's your favorite flavor? The raspberry. Oh, the one I'm trying. Oh yeah, that one. Smell it. That's why I pulled it out first. Oh. Because you just have to try it. Ooh, I took a big. <laughs> Get on in there, Sarah. Well, <laughs> mine sure is moderately sized, I and know. yours is gigantic. I purposely picked the four biggest spoons <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> for the best tastes. So the idea behind these jams Ooh. is that they're oh, like they're lower sugar. They're mm-hmm. not super. You you get more 
than just sweet. more fruit. More yeah. fruit. That's um, what I was gonna say. You, it. I thought it was gonna be. Um, you know, maybe all the other flavors forward, but you, the very first thing you taste is raspberry, and it really feels like and you're it's eating not raspberries. Super sweet. It's pretty tasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm into it. I love yeah. it. And I like we want the it to be more too. fun. Like you can use it in traditional senses of the PB and J and the toast, but we want you to kind of like push the boundary a little bit. Put it on meat. Put it in a cocktail. Spread ice cream. it in a cake. Exactly. Okay. Get a do little you, wild. Do you give recipes to people and ideas? We do for them to do. I know that we people always are... get people that are like, "What am I going to do with this?" <laughs> People need to be told what to do. (laughs) Maybe people should just eat a spoonful in the morning so they get their raspberries for the day. Should everybody have raspberries every day? Yeah, they are full of antioxidants and phytochemicals. Yeah, I'm going to do that from here on out. (laughs) That char has your name on it. My daughter will love that one. So um, they do all have alcohol in them, but the alcohol is, they're not alcoholic, right? Can you just explain that to people so they un- the listeners understand? So the process behind it is um, the alcohol is cooked off the jam. You just retain whatever the alcohol flavor is. So that's kind of what makes it more fun, too. We get a lot of people that are like, am I going to get drunk off this? And I'm like, no, and please don't try. You'll get a stomach <laughs> ache before anything else. <laughs> So did you didn't have to talk to the OLCC for your jam business, did you? Nope, because we fall what's classified as a non-alcoholic food product. So it has to be within a specific point. We do have to have, we still have to have them tested, but because they fall under the lowest caliber, we don't have to. Where do you have them tested? There's a, a place off of Airport Way that we go to. It's Exova. Oh, Exova. Yeah, I know who so, they are. Five zero three two five three nine one three six, and they're great. It's fast, so you just you do have know. that number in your brain. Come on, why? Because you call them all the time, or you but give it out no, to people? Actually, that okay. Back in the day, they used to be a food products lab. Oh, okay, it was run by Tim McCann back in the eighties when I was first working in food, and then when he was ready to retire, he sold it to the Exova folks, but. Back in the 80s, we didn't have cell phones, so you memorized oh, phone yeah. numbers. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of phone numbers around Portland. I still have them in my head. Yeah. So that's it. You impress me every day, Sarah. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Janine, I um, wanted to talk to you about your flavor combinations because. Mm-hmm. They're so good. I've we've done a lot of shows b- together, so I've had your stuff before. We're at um, food shows quite often, and you always have this great way of coming up with different things. This is the one I was hoping you would bring. So this one's my favorite. <laughs> it's um, pear whiskey and garam sala. This one's champagne ginger peach. Yeah, and the colors d- are awesome. You do a really nice job of coming up with f- flavor combinations, but I wanted to guess. If there was ever any bad ones, and I came up with some ideas, do you want to hear them? Yes, I do. <laughs> I maybe tried it. So my first one is: Have you ever made a bad jam that is fernet and passion fruit? What was the first thing? Fernet. No, you know what that is? Be no. way too bitter. <laughs> it would be terrible. Especially when it cooks down and it's like condensed. That would be like. I think so, you should. Okay, go so ahead. So fernet is like. Um, it's like. It's licorice-y like an, almost. Yeah, it's like an aromatic it's like liqueur. An aperitif, yeah. And, oh, is that and so in that be, tall, pretty bottle? Mm-hmm, it's beautiful. Oh. It's great. I love it. But it's kind of like one you of those things that you splash. just only have it on its own. I mean, people just take a little. It's like digestive, you know? Anyways, I'm glad you haven't made that no, one. I have, <laughs> I have 
one. <laughs> Have you ever made a dirty olive martini peach? jam no i haven't but we do get some really weird requests like do you? can you make this or oh, yeah. can you like right now moscow mules are like you know a big deal so they're like, oh. can you make that and i'm like well yeah i can but they're like but we just want it to be literally just the the whiskey the lime and the ginger and i'm like you can we could but do that you yeah. could but yeah. it'll be just you too know, intense it'll be a little different <laughs> yeah for sure it'll be more like a ginger um paste sort of a yeah, thing yeah and i like to keep it more fruit forward yeah you know? so yeah. My um, other guess That's was good. Sambuca durian. <laughs> no. Do you know what durian fruit yeah. is? Yeah. It smells like natural, natural gas. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> it's like wet dog and oh, dear. oh, it's so bad in perm. Is what it like. <laughs> well, I'm glad you haven't made that uh, one. No. And I have one final guess. Uh, cream de menthe and apricot. Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, no. God. I'm glad you haven't made any of those. But have you ever made any bad ones? <laughs> not necessarily, quote unquote, bad. Um, they might not have been my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like we made a, oh, heavens, it was a cranberry raspberry, which just sounds great, right? Yeah. But it had pink peppercorn and, and white Zinfandel wine. Ooh. So it was actually, it was tasty complicated people did like it It, yes it was very complex but it was not my favorite we also did um a blueberry green tea hefeweizen once which again was good not my favorite though yeah interesting but that's what's kind of fun about those seasonal flavors is you can just kind of you know wing it make it fun let's talk about pumpkin spice when we come back okay we're gonna take a break Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences. Because food brings people together. So what about pumpkin spice? Do you have a fall flavor that you do? Like an mm. apple something or pumpkin No, something? we have an apple with cinnamon whiskey that we keep all throughout the year, okay. as well as a pear and whiskey and garam masala. Right now, we're not really doing any seasonals just because manufacturing is kind of whew, crazy. You're, you're waiting moment. until you move into your new spot. Yeah, and then that's when it's going to get really fun. We've got a lot of big plans for that. Do you um, have your building picked out already? We have a couple. Okay. Um, so my original plan was to do it in Southwest Washington, just because real estate is, you know, less expensive over there. But a lot of our resources are coming from the state of Oregon. Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, well, here we go. Find something in Portland. Mm-hmm. Where are you Or Milwaukee. Are Milwaukee you? would be good. Yeah. It would be. Um, I actually just toured a facility over in Clackamas yeah. the other day. Yep. Clackamas is booming. So, but it's expensive. Yeah, everywhere is expensive. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh. Sarah and I are kind of in Milwaukee area a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a good area to be. It is a good area. Yeah. Yeah. It's close to everything. It is. Yep. Can I try that pear one? Yeah. I- <laughs> You're hogging it over there. <laughs> I'm the just colors are a little right different on this mouth. pear one. So this is the pear whiskey garam masala. It so looks like whiskey. When you make your... Um, 
alcohol choices. Ooh. You talked about fruit being local. Mm-hmm. Is it is it mostly local distilleries or is it kind of a mix? We try to keep it as close as possible, but sometimes in order to keep our price point mm-hmm. consistent, yeah. it's really difficult to do that. Um, we do try as much as possible. Um, like in our pear, we used that would be great on pork. Eggs, mm-hmm. yeah. Whole roasted chicken mm. as like a glaze at the end. Mm-hmm. It is delicious. Um, we used Eastside's bourbon mm-hmm. in the pear. Um, for the apple that we have, we use Skunk Brothers cinnamon whiskey, and they're actually out of Stevenson, Washington. Oh. And what I like about them is they use cinnamon oil in their whiskey. Okay. So once you do cook off the alcohol, you do have a really strong red hot oh, yeah. apple awesome. cinnamon flavor. That's cool. So, you know, there's so there is special considerations for certain alcohol, but... We try to keep it as local as we can. That's that's wonderful. Do you ever contact them to see if they can um, either donate some of the alcohol or give you a lower price or something like that? Yeah, because we've gotten five-gallon buckets before. Because it it helps them, too, because they're not having to pay for the bottling and labeling. So it's a win-win, really, for everyone when it comes to that. So. That's cool. Where um, where are you manufacturing right now? Or you said there was a co-packer, right? So we had a co-packer, yes, and they sold. Um, okay. And so the new owners has some crazy high minimums. That's down in the valley somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, so and, be, and that's kind of what prompted this whole journey. Yeah. Um, we kind of scoured the state, we <laughs> both states, Washington and Oregon. And it's just we're kind of like, oh, all yeah. right. And in the places that are available don't have any space aren't taking anybody else yeah, yeah. We, so it seems like something that we're, we're hearing from people they're running mm-hmm. into manufacturing problems and co-packing problems if you're not big like people can do big runs of things but if you're a small company it's really hard to find somebody that'll do stuff right now when we just had um momokoko on she yeah. was having the same problem but i think we found a co-packer for oh good 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 yeah. And then um, there was another. There were some people that were using relay resor- resources, yes. but then they're not going to do the small yep. things anymore. So not to do it. Yeah. So I think what you're doing is really awesome. I think it's a service that is needed right now in the community. Do you? Are you still doing some fundraising? We are. How can people Actively. support you? Yeah. <laughs> can How can they donate? do it? Do you have like a Kickstarter or a um, we have something? We have kind of kicked the ball around with Kickstarter, um, just because, especially in food, it's really. There's a lot of opportunity there, you know, especially for the really fun prizes. Mm-hmm. We can have certain chefs come and make private dinners and things like that. So it is something that we have considered. We haven't really put that ball in motion yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in terms of donating to the cause, I mean, a simple email can get you where you need to go and yeah. we can kind of. So we, I recently was contacted by the woman who holds the uh, lease on the kitchens at the Art Institute. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna connect you. You should, because that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll um, we'll send people your way, and if you do do a um, Kickstarter, I can donate some sauce as a prize for yes. people. Yes. So yes. that. Um, yeah. Whenever I have uh, buddies that are doing fundraising or need things, I think your mission is super cool. So I want to support you. it. So you can um, contact me about that, and um, 
you know, you. I think I saw on your Instagram you were asking about um, Kickstarter, and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of benefits to doing it, especially if you have like one big project that you want to fund. But another one to do that is sometimes a little better is Indiegogo because mm-hmm. if you don't meet your goal, you still get the funding. Where right. with Kickstarter, you don't. So that was I was going to put it on your Instagram, and then I was like, I'll just tell her when she's <laughs> on the show. <laughs> well, there's like so many like little nuances too yeah. with all this, and so yeah. it's like. You have to make sure that, you know, your efforts mm-hmm. are equally do you, matched. For your spot, do you want it to be the big building right off the bat? Or what are you thinking? Do you want well, transition? We've kind of pivoted multiple different times. Um, so at first it was going to be small just because, it, you know, you think of funding. Yeah. <laughs> it requires yeah. a lot less funding to make something small. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I had a, my business advisor was like, no, what's your ten your goal ten Dream times? Big. Dream yeah. big. Like you're asking you're getting in you're you know, you're seeking investment mm-hmm. anyway. You might as well shoot high and, you know, you're gonna get there anyway. So but then I'm like, well, but because of the amount of money that we have to fundraise, it is quite a daunting task. So yeah. I I'm starting to be like, okay, we're gonna probably scale it back. Um, maybe not have as many kettles to start, or, or maybe our space is a little bit smaller. Um, but there's a lots of a lot of room for growth. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, if you started somewhere and you actually got a kitchen that's available, and then during that time you sort of started planning that larger space, so you're not high and dry. Exactly. Well, and that's a good way too to raise capital. You know, as you're trying you're to going. Yeah. yeah. It shows that you're doing the do. It's nice yeah. it's nice to have a a kitchen that you can just get into and start right away rather than doing a whole construction project because we see a lot of people, especially we have a lot of restaurant friends that yeah. run into yeah. that problem where they have the money to to get things going but because of permitting and construction and all of this different stuff, all of their money just drains out before they can actually make any money by right. opening the doors. So if you find a place that is ready to go pre-established yeah yeah, that's kind of a good way to do it because things get start to get they start to get tricky yeah they do (laughs) well and then just permit times take forever too and just like and once you're having you know other people that are expecting to use your space yeah it's you know you're putting a lot of other people out Mm -hmm. with that as well so yeah but we get contacted probably a good 15 to 30 times a week from other with people that need the service yeah even people coming from tacoma that are like we need what you're doing. So yeah. when are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely a needed resource. I'm glad that you're um, tackling it. And we will help support you along your way. Thank you. I did have a question about something I saw on your website because I didn't really know what it was. So oh. you have a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. That that's, says Peter Palooza. Oh, yeah. What that's is that? Funny. It's So <laughs> it is a party essentially, at the end of the summer that we have. I live on 23 acres. Mm. So, what? Oh, yeah. Why don't you build it there? No. <laughs> no way. We, it's your so, private spot? Yeah, it's like my little sanctuary with yeah. my chickens and everything else. But we have, so we have six horses. We have three mules, f- 15 chickens, Whoa. cats, a dog, whatever. Um, and so we pool everybody together, and the shirt proceeds actually was help funding. Um, oh, cool. It went back to, like, the nonprofits. So 
it was because people were like, well, make shirts. And so I was like, oh, make shirts. And so it was just a way to generate more funds. Yeah. So cool. Well, I saw it on there and I was like, was this awesome. isn't jam. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all it's all it's all tied in. So that's we, a way people can support you, too, is to order things off your website, to order T-shirts. Mm-hmm. It's all going to go towards this um, great dream of, of yeah. opening the. So if you had something that you would like to pass along to anyone who's trying to start up, what would it be? Ooh, do your research. Do not be afraid to ask questions. No question is a dumb question. Yeah. Because I feel like, especially when you're starting out, it's such an intimidating, like, industry. Mm -hmm. There's so many different rules and regulations, and just one little thing can put you off. And don't be afraid to ask the questions, because the more knowledge you have, the better off you're going to be in the long run. Yeah. Also, if you had someone that was um, a spokesperson for your business, who would it be? A spokesperson? Yeah, like a famous artist or a movie star or something like that. I think I'd just be myself. Ah, good answer. I think I would be, I mean, because nobody could tell the story better than me. Um, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. great. You don't want to send your jams to Oprah or something like that? I mean, she'll get them eventually, I'm sure. But (laughs) (laughs) But in terms of like talking about it, I want to send some over to her. It's a good idea. And um, do you wholesale your products? We like, do. And what's that process like for you? It's pretty easy. It's a painless process. Um, you can find us in several area retailers. Um, yeah. It's we our wholesale is actually pretty reasonable. Okay. It's a two, it's a two case minimum. Um, and the, like I said, process is really easy. And do you do all your wholesaling yourself, or do you use like a broker or distributor? So for certain accounts. Um, we use Beeline for certain things for mm. the Green Wheels program, um, but then for everything else, it's I do it. What is yeah. Beeline, the Green Wheels program? So it is a, it's basically a system that's in place for people who are in new seasons, and then you basically take your product to Beeline, and they're kind of like the, a distributor for you. Okay, and where are they located? Off of oh, what is their address? It's the Red Southeast on Salmon. Seven. Yeah, they're in the are they in the, the Red, Red Building? Yeah, yeah, they're right around Hawthorne and Seventh mm-hmm. in a big old warehouse. They're pretty great for um, small manufacturers like yeah. us, especially if you're in new seasons, because like we don't have delivery drivers to go drive around to all yeah. twenty of the yeah. new season stores. So you can just take everything there and drop it off. Uh, Market of Choice does a similar thing where you can just drop off everything to their Belmont location and then yeah. they distribute it to all the stores. But, um, you know, those things didn't used to be in place. Nope. And it was really no. hard for people like us to get to all the stores because we would yeah. instead of making our product, we would be driving around like delivering stuff to all the stores. I know. So <laughs> I was in a, me- a planning meeting many years ago and there are people there talking about how they were going to deliver stuff on bicycles in Portland. Yeah, that's what Beeline and I does. I was like, what? How can we do that? Yeah. And look at it now. It's, that was many, many years ago. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's a really cool thing um, and it's really helpful and they don't charge a lot of money. I mean, some of the, some distributors like The amount of money that you pay is a lot. And and for that service, if you're a bigger company, you know, it's worth it. But if you're small like us, we just can't even do it, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have some other options. Yeah. uh, Market of Choice has a really great program, too. The Market Mojo program. And they don't. What is that? So it's kind of the same idea. There's um, you go to their 
goat block location and yeah, you can just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you just give them all your product and they distribute it to all their stores so you show up there with your product and then what happens they check you in they or? check you in you fill out there's a big piece of paper yeah, into receiving mm-hmm, where your all where all your stuff is going to go especially in like locations like ashland yeah that's like not the most convenient place to, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. to drive product you either the time. have to ship it right. which costs a lot of money mm-hmm. especially you know when you have these glass jars it's heavy. it's heavy and then you also have the risk of things being broken because the people oh. that are delivering it don't really care especially about during it. the holidays <laughs> when you're selling the most product right i mean people yeah. oh yeah we get broken all this stuff all the time so do you also mail your stuff yeah we do oh you have a mail order mm-hmm. and yep. where's the farthest place you've shipped your product to Ooh, ireland oh, oh. Yeah. how did they find you online they found you online oh, did they order they're more huge. than one jar? They did, and they're huge. I didn't realize that they're huge consumers of jam. So yeah, oh, they yeah. put it on every there. day. Yeah, Scones. yeah, every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm like with yeah. clotted cream, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which sounds awful, but it's actually pretty delicious. It's so good <laughs> on a really nice warm. Biscuit. Do you do you mm-hmm. ship nationally? Mm-hmm. You ship everywhere. We do. That's good to know. So, but I mean, these little guys are wrapped up real tight. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you use the U.S. mail or are you using FedEx or UPS or what's we your actually preference? use traditional mail service? Um, Do just you use be- the white boxes. We no. We actually oh, use our own. Use um, your own boxes. We do just because they need to be packaged a certain way, and what's available is not doesn't work for us. Yeah, how did like you figure out boxes aren't very sturdy? They're not for heavy. If like you have they a glass say product, you can put ninety pounds in one of those but medium. The cardboard is really since they're free. The cardboard is really flimsy, and so yeah. they can stuff can get broken pretty mm-hmm. easy. So it's mm-hmm. like. You won't Depends see a lot of people with glass products shipping those because it's it's not yeah. good enough. So how did you figure out how you were going to wrap and ship your stuff? Did you do some experiments? Yeah, trial and error, really. Okay. Um, just because it is heavy. Um, okay. One jar of jam. What we charge for shipping is less than what it actually costs. Oh, okay. Um, just because otherwise it you would never ship anything. It's okay. one jar of jam. If you were just going by weight, costs about $8. To ship. To ship. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So it was a lot of trial and error, um, kind of what packaging works the best. So You wrap it up in bubble wrap? Oh, yeah. Now they get these cute little bubble wrap vests, and they go in these snug little boxes, so the minimal movement. So In the world of free shipping from big mm-hmm. <laughs> from big companies. Like, you know everything is like Amazon, Amazon is like yeah. free shipping or or you'll see like bigger stores be like uh, you know free shipping for orders over $100. But and so people don't people that don't ship things, you know, the our, our customers mm-hmm. don't really understand how much it costs to ship something. It's at least as much as the product it's, a lot of times. A lot yeah. of times it's more. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes if we have somebody just ordering one jar, so they're ordering one jar of jam or one jar of hot sauce, then um you know the shipping costs more than the product so sometimes people will pay that but not often so we have to make our shipping prices lower than what we're actually paying. so what if you had something on your website that like popped up and said hey you should order two jars of jam because you're going to pay the same amount of freight oh yeah or something like that or can people do that so you can cut you yeah <laughs> i mean it doesn't even really get any better for us because it's still, no, it's it still like the shipping just gets higher you oh, know and shoot. so then if we do like free shipping sometimes it's like twenty dollars for shipping but then we lose that twenty dollars so but aren't the flat rate boxes like lower cost than when you pack your own box they're not or they are they're not 
So, <clears throat> so wouldn't it be cool to make to, a box that fit in the flat rate box for yeah, those like a heavy shipments? duty one? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a silly thing, right? Like, why do they even do that? It's not fair. It's just a box. It's yeah, just a cheap you, box. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. even then, you're still going to spend a lot of money on shipping because even yeah. if you're putting a higher putting quality a box, of a box in a cheaper box, you're still it's going to equate a challenge. About the same. So the deal is, is that you have to think about your packaging. You don't just need to get your food into a container. You have to figure out how you're going to ship it and mm-hmm. how it's going to last and yeah. how all the things in distribution are going to affect it. We had to have special shipping boxes built that were built just for our, our products. Where so do we you would store have less all that waste. The company that made them for us stores them and then we go pick them up. Oh, so they have a pallet of it and you just. That's more than a pallet. <laughs> you have to order a lot to, oh. to so it's make an it worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like all your we packaging. have like a you know like a pallet rack with all of our all of our packaging and they just store it for us we have a little section in the warehouse that's cool it's cool and it's stupid all at the same time <laughs> I, I hate spending money on cardboard it's like it's, it makes me oh. so mad all the time <laughs> I mean, people should remember that when they're putting their product together there's yeah. true cost and packaging it can really eat away at your margins yeah yeah you have to well, keep and it in even mind if you're packaging something that has like a screw top yeah like a like so we use lug caps is what's, yeah. what they're called yep but if they get bumped at all in shipping They'll your pop se- off. Yeah, your seal's popped. And I know. essentially your product is mm-hmm. quote unquote ruined at that point. Yeah. Well, I was actually shipping a bottle of sauce to somebody in New Jersey. I had it on my shelf in my office and they're like, Wait, I want that hot sauce. <laughs> was it mine? Yes. Oh no, did <laughs> it break? No, what I did think I made it there, but I like I'm like, I gotta just check this cap to make sure it was tight. Mm-hmm. And it I'm sure it Unfeeled. was sealed. But it wasn't tight, so oh, yeah. I tightened it, and then the little paper thing busted, and I was like, oh, well. Mm-hmm. They'll put it in the fridge. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's but crazy. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shipping problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, those are the things that you it's don't not, think it's about. It's the behind-the-scenes yeah. sort of mundane part of yeah. Holding on, you know, doing a business. Yeah, I wished I would have made like almond flour or something instead because it would have been way easier. You or still can. Light. <laughs> I, I want to package dust. Something <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't weigh anything. You can ship it free, no damage. Yeah. Uh, well, Janine, we want to be able to send people to you directly. So um, <laughs> that's always good for us small business owners. So where can people get product from you other than your website? Oh, like well, do you, are you doing any shows or no, anything like that? We're doing some shows this year. We're there's doing a show coming up. Which one? Today and tomorrow there's a show. Yeah. Don't ask me the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that feels early. I know. Let me tell look it up for you guys. Hold on. What do you have coming up, Janine? So um our first one is up in Seattle. It's Gobble Up. It's a it's oh, a yeah. big fun show. Um and then we have a couple in Portland in the month of December. So we have Gifted, which is through Portland Made and ADX, which is a good show. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the Leech Botanical Gardens. We do that. We've done that show literally every year since we've been in existence. I didn't even know they had one. When is that? Which one? The Leech Botanical Gardens. It's the first weekend in December. I think it's December 6th. It's mm-hmm. that whole ent- Friday and Saturday. And cool. it's, it's super cute. You can make a wreath while you're there. Oh, awesome. It's a great place. Yeah. Um, we have all... There's more in my head. Um, the Eat Organ Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll December be there. December 7th. Yeah. I'll be there. 
Also, um, <laughs> there's all kinds. Guess what? <laughs> the one today is called My People's Market. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a lifestyle trade show, and it's today from 11 to 1. That's not very long, but no. I think it's a, that would be for like special buyers, but it's actually all day today and all day tomorrow. And where is it? And it's at 3920 North Kirby Avenue at the SEI building. And it's free. You can go check it out. Cool. So people can go today. It's all multi multicultural vendors, and there'll be home treasures, inclusive natural skin care, and um, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Very cool. So yeah. everybody should go check that out. All right, Janine, any final thoughts or things you want to plug or anything you want to tell mm. the people? No, I don't think so. But if anybody has any questions, uh, they know where to find me. They can call you if they need to get co-packing done. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when are you? What's your goal for starting that up? Because we'll put you on our list. Spring. Spring. Okay. Spring. I want to be locked and loaded and ready to go. Okay. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, we wish you the best of luck. We will send people your way as we hear that they need co-packing things. Yes. And I'm sure I'll see you at a thousand events over yeah. the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thanks for coming in, Janine. Yeah, thanks for having me. We record Missoni and Marshall inside of Ned Space. Tune in live every week, Fridays at 9, and find us on your favorite podcast platform. Right now, SoundCloud. Our shows are available. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest or submit a press release, go to startupradionetwork.com or hit us up on our Instagram, and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye-bye. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production, Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.